0: Thank you, Pastor Mike, appreciate your ministry here at Victory, Pastor Tara, and once again, good morning, good morning to everyone. Just want to encourage you, please begin to post, repost, and share this morning, and uh, we want to just have opportunity to share with as many people as we possibly can so good to see people watching literally from all over the region, even some from other countries, and so we're just glad that you're with us this morning. What a whirlwind what a this has been. What a change. Our world has been turned upside down. Uh, we're learning how to do new things. We're learning how to trust in a deeper level we're learning how to really try to listen for God's voice more uh, in a more of a sensitive sensitivity to his voice so we we just want to encourage you today that we're praying we're standing in faith we're trusting in God listen if God if God can't be trusted in the most critical time of uh, of life for us or most the greatest crisis we've ever faced then he can't be trusted in the simplest things but we know that God is concerned about all things. The small, the big, no matter what, God is concerned and he cares for you and I. And we can look to him. It doesn't mean that we won't have some, uh, some fears, some anxiety, some stress. I believe we're all... You know what? We, we want to click into faith this morning. We don't deny our feelings, but we want to click into faith. We want to get a faith perspective so God bless you. Once again, please share, post, encourage others to watch, and uh, we just believe God to bless his word this morning. So I have entitled my message just in these next uh, few moments that we share together. Please stay focused, uh, get out your Bibles, and uh, don't, don't switch churches on me now. Stay, stay with victory this morning. And I uh, just want to encourage you to, to just maximize these few moments that we share. I don't plan on being uh, very long. I said I don't plan on it, but plans do change. But I want to try to uh, just share a f- couple of thoughts with you to, to bring understanding, to bring uh, the light of the Scriptures, and to speak to your heart and to my heart and to build up our faith. Amen. Amen. So if I've entitled my, my message this morning, what I want to share with you is, what is God saying? What is God saying? During this crisis that we all face, that we're all in this thing together at varying de- degrees. Some are uh, uh, more serious, some are less serious, but the reality of it is we're all in this crisis together. So so what is God saying through the coronavirus? When it comes to that question, I am sure uh, just different uh, uh, news apps and websites, the world and even the church spans the spectrum of extremes. Politically, biblically, theologically, and philosophically, And even when it comes to to the church, to uh, followers of Christ, there are all kinds of different views and perspectives. There are some prophetic voices declaring one thing, and then there are some pathetic voices declaring another. There are extremes of every theological persuasion. Then there are conspiracy theories of all kinds. And again, I'm sure that you've heard them. And I want to go through a couple, but please don't tune in and tune out because you might misrepresent or misunderstand what I'm trying to say. But I want to just give you a little bit of a sampling of what's out there. Again, it's not that I believe these things or our church uh, uh, supports these views. It's just a little sampling of what is out there. Again, thousands of different viewpoints and explanations. You've probably seen them and probably even heard some people tell you personally. Just a sampling. I'm sure some of you have heard of the book that was written in 2008 by an elderly psychic. Uh, She published this book that contained this prediction. And I quote, In around the year 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe attacking the lungs and bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. This was a woman, uh, Sylvia Brown. uh, She wrote the book End of Days, Predictions and Prophecies About the End of the World. But I want to say, listen clearly. I believe she was a psychic and not a biblical prophet. There are psychics, there are mediums, there are sorcerers, there are witches who could see into the future in spirit realm. But in the Bible, they were soundly rebuked and rejected as inspired by demonic spirits. So we do not give credence to that view, but it's interesting how even in the spirit realm, things could be be perceived and picked up, but not always from the Holy Spirit, but it could be demonic spirits. And again, others have had an understanding of the end times, and they see that what's happening in our world The groundwork is being laid for one world government that is spoken of prophetically in the book of Daniel and in the book of Revelation. Yet there is another article that states, is the coronavirus the prophesied plague from the book of Revelations? Again, Pastor Mike mentioned it earlier, some believe that the coronavirus is from the devil. Others believe God sent it as a judgment on a sinful and Christ-rejecting culture. And again, I'm just just sharing with you, introducing my my thoughts with the different viewpoints that are out there. Still, some say the virus will be short-lived, and there are some prophets, modern-day prophets, who have declared that it will go away rather quickly. And yet, there are still other... Conspiracy theories that would say the virus is man-made. So, just a sampling of varying views, theories, and perspectives that are all over the all over the charts, all over the place, politically, biblically, and philosophically. So, this morning, I want to do what I believe every Christian should do at times like this: look into the Word of God. Look into the Word of God. What is God saying? What is God trying to communicate? I do believe that God is trying to say something to the world. God is trying to say something to the church. God is trying to say something to everyone that will listen. We are living in unprecedented times. There is fear. There is panic, suffering, even even death. And with that, there are so many questions that are flooding our minds. I'd like to just repeat it once again, the quote that is so profound by C.S. Lewis. You've heard it before, but please bear with me. God whispers in our pleasures. He speaks in our consciences. But he shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse or awaken a deaf world. So my question to you this morning, those of you that are listening, I want to do my best to just share a couple of thoughts. I don't, I don't propose to to have the most profound statements or maybe something you haven't heard, but I want to remind you. I want to just come just from the scriptures and, and just uh, try to communicate what God might be saying what God could be saying, what God is saying in his word, no matter what the the situation, no matter what we're going through. So what is God shouting in our pain to awaken us, to get our attention? You might ask, why does God have to shout? Well, let me ask you, parents, especially now with your kids that are home and you have to Uh, uh, supervise their video watching and their homeschooling preparation, doing their school schooling at home and not in a literal physical classroom, you know, the reason why you have to shout is because they don't hear you when you're talking a normal voice. Now listen, I'm not advocating shouting and screaming, but the reason why we have to shout sometimes is to get somebody's attention because they might be... Uh, preoccupied. They might be distracted. They might be doing something else, and you shout to get their attention. How about little children now, two years old, three years old, on a cell phone? They're playing a game, and I I just think this is so cute when I see uh, uh, little children do this. They're playing a game. They're using their mother, their father's phone, and, and a text will come in, and what do they do? They've learned, even at at a year and a half, two years old, they've learned how to just swipe it out of the way, get it out of the way. Why? Because it's interrupting what they're doing. And I believe in the same way, God will use this crisis to interrupt what we're doing. He will use this crisis to get our attention. Why? Because we've been distracted. Let's be honest, and, and, and I'm not just preaching to you or just, just talking at you. I'm, I'm speaking to myself, and I see in areas of my life where I become maybe complacent or distracted or, or too involved in other things, even things that are not quote-unquote sinful, but they can just become distractions where we begin to become complacent and we begin to compromise. Sports is a biggie in this country. It has become a form of idolatry. Please don't tune me out and think I'm being extreme. But, but think about how we idolize and talk about incessantly sports figures, movie stars, idols. And what happens is we become so desensitized even to the voice of God, even to what is really important, the scriptures, God's holy word. So I ask you this morning, or I, I present that thought to you, what is God saying? What is God saying? And as I pondered this thought this week, you know, it came to me, and again, this is very simp- simple, um, but, but it's, I believe it's still profound. You, you might even want to uh, hashtag this and, and, and repost it, and, and you don't even have to quote me. Just say some uh, uh, an amazing pastor shared this. Just kidding, just kidding for those of you that don't know me that well. Okay, what is God saying? And as I thought about this, you know what just came to me? Very simply, he's saying what he always has been saying. God hasn't changed. His word is eternal. His his word is, is settled in heaven forever. Heaven and earth will pass away. Jesus said my words will never pass away. So what is God saying? He's saying what he's always always has been saying and I want to give you two Quick thoughts this morning. In Mark chapter 13, Mark 13, I want to read verses 32 to 37. Yes, I believe in the supremacy of the Scriptures. Yes, I believe that the Word of God is true. It's relevant. It's inspired by God. And it's the only thing that can bring lasting change and real comfort in our lives. The Word of God. In Mark 13, Jesus said, Of that day and hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants. And to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Verse 37, what I say to you, I say to all, watch. What is God saying? What is God saying? What is the Lord saying? He's saying what he always, always has said, Watch. Be awake. I'm reminded of the little boy during Christmas time. He, he wanted a watch for Christmas. It must have been many years ago. I don't know many kids that will want a watch unless it's an Apple watch. I guess that would work. And so his parents got so tired of him asking, say, I don't want to hear it anymore. And so he was trying to think of creative creative ways to 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 find a way to ask. And so one night at the dinner table, as he was asked to pray, he said he quoted, he quoted Jesus' words, what Jesus' words. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. I'm sure you're laughing at home and you can't contain yourself, but it's kind of hard here because I only have a couple of people listening and I can just about see them out there and I don't know if they're, they're, they've heard it before. Anyway, while you say, should we be using humor at a time like this? Let me tell you, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We need joy. We need to be able to laugh even in the midst of crisis. And I'm not talking about improper humor. I'm talking about just enjoying life and doing our best to get by. Amen? So Jesus in Mark chapter 13 verses 5 to 31, Jesus is telling his disciples, and he's prophetically speaking of the culmination of time on planet earth as we know it. And so he begins to give them signs, and he says, there will be signs leading up to the end of time. We call them the signs of the times. And so Jesus concludes this, this long passage of Scripture in, in Mark chapter 13. You could read it at another time, and it, and it speaks of, of all the signs and, and, and the different occurrences that would be the, the leading up to the coming of Jesus. And we do believe as Christians that it is the great hope of the church that Jesus Christ himself will triumphantly return to planet Earth to set up his kingdom. That there is a kingdom that will come, and those that are a part of the, the, the church, the family of God, in personal relationship with Jesus Christ, will be a part of that kingdom. But what does Jesus say as we get closer and closer to the end of time as we know it? When there are many signs that will begin to happen uh, rapidly and, and will begin to increase in the end times, and in a plague, in a virus like this, could possibly be one of the signs. I'm not saying it is, but it could possibly be. What is Jesus saying? What is God saying? He's saying, watch and pray. Don't fall asleep, figuratively, spiritually speaking. Be aware of the times. Watch and be ready for the coming of the Lord. When you study the, the scriptures, We're told by theologians, by scholars, that there are twice as many prophecies of the coming, the second coming, as there are of the first coming. Twice as many. Why is that significant? Because of the importance that is placed upon it, because we have a double emphasis, if you will. We know Jesus came the first time, but he will come a second time. And for believers, we still believe scripturally there is a rapture, a catching away of the church that will happen suddenly. And we do not know the day nor the hour, so that means we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. Jesus says to his disciples, and he says, I say this to all, watch. Watch. Are you watching? I want to turn over to another passage of Scripture in 2 Peter chapter 3. Verse 10, again, I'm coming to you from the Scriptures. What is God saying? But the day, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Now, you might say that doesn't sound too encouraging. Matter of fact, that sounds uh, depressing. But look what the next verse says. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. Wow. Looking forward to these things. You know what I have found in many Christians, in many churches, and uh, to be honest with you, in my own life, we have lost sight of the blessed hope of the church. Do you realize that in the early church, even back 2,000 years ago, when they were persecuted, when they were imprisoned, and they suffered death, willingly for the gospel, realize we're doing everything to uh, practice social uh, distancing, wash our hands, sanitize our hands, um, uh, just be careful and be wise, and all those things we should do because we want to avoid sickness, and disease. But the early church, they couldn't avoid the persecution. Well, they could if they denied their faith. But you know what? They, they would preach the gospel. They would do the will of God. But you know what their hope was? In the midst of imprisonment and suffering and losing it all, God help us. We're living in a culture that we're, we're so pampered Someone told me about, uh, uh, about a post they saw of, of what our, our, our fathers and grandfathers went through during World War II to, to survive, how they, they suffered and they rationed food. But our survival for the coronavirus is where we're just sitting comfortably in our homes and, and we're, we're eating Doritos and just comfortably waiting this thing out. You want to talk about suffering. And again, I'm not minimizing what anybody's going through. But the reality of it is the early church, their hope was not in this world. Their hope was in the coming of Jesus Christ. That's why it was called the blessed hope. So what did Jesus say? Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, verse 34. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, there's that word again, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Wow. Watch and pray. Watch and pray that you may be counted worthy to escape these things. Church, those of you that are listening, God is trying to get our attention. I'm convinced of that. I have no question of that in my mind, that God is trying to awaken a world. Please, don't, as when the alarm goes off on your phone, don't just dismiss it. Don't just, we used to call it pressing the snooze button, going back to sleep. 9-11-2001, when Terrorists attacked our country and over 3,000 people were killed as the Twin Towers came down in New York City. Churches for the next couple of weeks were packed. Even at our church, we had an impromptu prayer meeting, meaning we didn't call the prayer meeting, but that very afternoon, we had about a dozen people or more that just came to the church and they wanted to pray. Why? Because they were frightened, because they were uncertain about the future, and listen, Please, it is so easy for us to be distracted once again and and to just wait till this is over. And we don't know what the future is going to hold. We believe that there's two things that are going to happen. Things are going to get back to normal. We're going to get through this in a couple months. Or this could be the beginning of the birth pains that accelerate at the end of times and Jesus is coming back. God, help us to have a desire, a longing, and a watchful spirit in Jesus name amen the last thought i want to say uh, share with you what is god saying what is god saying he's saying watch and pray but he's also saying come to me come to me this is so critical jesus in john chapter 11 i'm sorry in matthew chapter 11 he says come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. What is Jesus saying to a world that is stressed out, a world that is in fear, a world that is panicking? Jesus is saying what he always has said. He's saying, come to me. Come to me, all you who are burdened and and weighed down and and heavy laden. And that imagery is of of, of an animal who who is carrying a a lot of weight and, and almost buckling under the weight of the burden. And that's true of people today carrying this burden. But Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. What a promise this morning. What a word. God is true to his word. And see, what you have to do is experience it for yourself. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. For some people, when they hear these words, they just sound, they, they just sound surreal or, or they sound, they're sound so far off and they, 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 they don't seem relevant. But let me just tell you this. Once you've tasted and seen the Lord is good, prayer is not a drudgery. Reading the word is not boring because you know of a fellowship with a real God, a personal God that makes his presence so real to you, and you could literally feel his presence, his joy, his peace in your life. Jesus said, come to me. He didn't say come to a religion, come to a denomination, or come to a church. He said, come to me. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. You see, it's a privilege today to come to Jesus. What an opportunity this morning. You see, a lot of our idols, a lot of the things we go to, a lot of the things that are our our go-to things in life, sports figures, the NBA, March Madness has been silenced, Major League Baseball, the Olympics, malls are closed. Hollywood's lights have grown dim. Restaurants closed. The stock market is in, un- is in an upheaval. The idols of movie stars and sports figures, the rich and the famous, have all been broken down. Think about what people turn to for comfort. We, we call it comfort food, those meals that just satisfy us and make us feel warm and fuzzy when we're depressed. We turn to, but we also have comfort figures in our life people we've turned to you know it, it's okay to watch some tv but but we don't want to be be binge watching on netflix for hours and hours trying to forget everything come to jesus you see all of the idols of this world will be broken down i'm reminded of in the old testament the story in first samuel chapter 5 interesting Story of when the Israelites were fighting the Philistines, and for the Israelites, their hope and their trust was always in God to defeat their enemies because they were a small people, a small nation, and, and God said, if you trust in me, no matter if the other armies were bigger and greater, I will give you the victory. And there was one time when they weren't trusting in God, and so the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant, and this was a gold box. It was a a, a box of Achaia wood that was overlaid with gold. And in that box carried the testimony of the Lord, the, 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 the commandments of God, and it signified God's word in his presence. So what happened? It was captured by the Philistines. And so the Philistines thought that they would make sport of the God of Israel, that, that, you know what, their God had conquered the God of Israel. But make no mistake about it, God will eventually be glorified. Men could do what they want to do. Culture can do what they want to do. Government could do what they want to do. But ultimately, God will have the final say. So what happened? They put the Ark of the Covenant in their temple in front of their God, Dagon. Dagon. And this was an image of stone that was erected that they might worship their god, the god of Dagon. And here was this god presented and set up, and they brought in the Ark of the Covenant. And this Ark of the Covenant was presented before the god of, of the Philistines. And you know what happened? The next night or the next morning when they came in, their god, Dagon, had fallen off his base and was prostrated before the Ark of the Covenant. So what did the Philistines do? They figured, well, maybe, maybe the, 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 the image got a little uh, wobbly and just kind of fell over. Let's prop it up again. And they propped it up again. And the, the next morning, they go into their temple, and here is the image of Dagon, the god of the Philistines. His arms were broken off. His legs were broken off. His head was broken off. And all, where, all that was left was a torso that was prostrated before the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What is God saying? Do not turn to your idols of money. Do not turn to your idols of sports, of Hollywood, of social media, because they cannot save you. Only Jesus can give you peace and give you rest. So I encourage you, come to Jesus this morning. He is enduringly strong. He is entirely sincere. He is eternally steadfast. He is immortally graceful. He is imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Would you come to Jesus today? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the children. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He regards, he rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. Hallelujah. There is nobody like Jesus I want to ask you this morning, do you know him? Have you ever personally accepted Christ into your heart and made him your personal Lord and Savior? This morning you might be backslidden. You've fallen away from God. You've allowed other things to, to cloud in, to, to crowd in. You once walked with Christ and experienced this presence. Do you know him today? Have you become complacent, lukewarm, Concerning the things of God. Jesus says to you today, watch, pray, be prepared. Jesus says to you this morning, come to me. I want to pray with you this morning as I close my message. You know, I read that scripture, watch and pray that you be counted worthy to escape these things. You know, none of us are worthy. None of us are worthy. Our worthiness is found in Christ, in Christ alone. You know, I just love that during this time, the things that we believe become so much more profound and, and relevant. Even some of the songs we sing, on Christ the solid rock, I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. You know, that's, that's been true, but we haven't known it to be true. You know what? Now we know Those other things we stand upon, they're sinking sand. But Christ is our worthiness. The Bible says he knew no sin, but he became sin for us on the cross. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus became the sin offering, the sin sacrifice that we might become the righteousness of God, that we might be in right standing with God through Christ. What do you have to do this morning? You have to admit that you're a sinner. You have to believe that Christ Jesus died and rose again, and you need to confess him as your Lord and as your Savior this morning. Would you pray with me today? Would you say, dear Jesus, have mercy on me. Forgive me of my sins this morning. I come to you, and and I turn from my sins by your grace. Give me the strength to do your will, to obey your commandments, to follow you, to honor you, to serve you. I believe you died and you rose again, and I believe you're coming back again. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior, inviting you into my heart, never to be the same again. I believe I'm born again. I believe that I can walk with you and learn of you through your word and know you through prayer and even through fellowship with other believers Praise you and I thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. We're going to pray one more time. God bless you. Thank you for joining. I hope that was a blessing to you. I hope that was a help. Once again, please post, repost, share. Encourage you to just continue to reach out to one another. Fellowship through making phone calls, texting, doing your part to stay connected. Remember, we have weekday devotions at 12 noon, just 10 minutes to just connect with you, pray with you, share with you. Wednesday, we'll be back with live streaming at 7 p.m. God bless you. We're going to close with another chorus before we end our time together. But I want to pray right now in your homes. Would you just pray? Come on, just, just, would you just sincerely and, and, In reverence to God, just join your family and take a moment right now to pray. Father, we thank you once again that your word is true, that your promises are yes and amen, that your word is still relevant. It's alive. God, we thank you for that. It's powerful, Lord. And we just pray that the word of God would minister encouragement to the heart comfort to the soul and even if there's conviction and even if there's a rebuke and a reproof God we know you do that for the purpose of bringing us back to you Father, God, I pray for everyone listening, God, wherever they might be, whether they listen now or later. God, in the name of Jesus, touch their hearts. In the name of Jesus, speak to them, God. Bring about an awakening in this nation. Bring about a revival in this country and in this world. God, I thank you for my pastor friends and fellow uh, believers in churches around the city and the state of Rhode Island. God, let them be a beacon of light during this time. Lord, anoint the pastors. Anoint anoint the churches, anoint every believer to be a witness. God, draw us closer to you. God, once again, may we love and long for your appearing. May we desire you today, Father. Father God, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Let's worship in closing one more time. Peace.